Heavenly Father, we give you thanks and praise for the great power in your word. Thank you for your servant Luke, a physician who you call to write the gospel and also the Acts. We thank you, Lord, for the way you used him as an evangelist to touch lives and to explicate the gospel of salvation as related to our Lord Jesus Christ. And as we commemorate him today, we pray that the spirit of healing will be upon us in the name of Jesus. And witnessing with the power of healing our church, may more souls be one in the name of Jesus. Particularly in this chapel, bless all those who have come to worship you. And what we are using to do in evangelizing our diocese. Sanctify us with your Holy Spirit. Bless those who are to be confirmed today. And may your word continue to sink into our hearts and transform us to do exploits for you. For we pray in Jesus' name. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, I welcome all of you to this service. Now we are here in this chapel, the chapel of resurrection. Specifically and particularly to celebrate a great physician of our time and of those days. St. Luke or Luke the Apostle. For many of you who don't know, Luke was the same person who wrote the Gospel of Luke and also wrote the Acts of the Apostles. And both letters were addressed to Theophilus. Why? Because this man was a Greek and was the only Greek that wrote the Gospel. He was a physician and a servant of God who was converted from the Greek philosophy into Christianity. Very knowledgeable, educated, and very vast in medicine. And you could imagine somebody who was a medical practitioner to accept the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ to the point of even believing the virgin birth. While Matthew was writing and tracing the genealogy of man to Abraham, he went further to trace it to Adam, making sure that the gospel is not only limited to Adam, but our being is from Adamic genealogy from where we started our being as human beings and making sure that the gospel is projected to salvation of human beings in our Lord Jesus Christ. Luke was a great man who was very humble, humble in accepting the gospel. Luke was somebody who was a very good companion to Paul and was able to assist Paul in his ministry. In the epistle that we read, you saw how Paul was attesting that even when others have deserted him, Luke was still constant. He was a persistent follower and persistent Christian who followed the gospel. And at the end of the whole thing, he decided to write the gospel. And after writing the gospel, for what he had observed and what he had seen, he said again to write the Acts of the Apostles because he could have observed all that happened in the life of Christ and apostles and could testify of what happened. So he was writing these things to let them know that what happened was real and was genuine and authentic. What fascinated me and captivated me so much in the gospel of Luke and Luke himself is that being a physician for him to have gone in depth into the Greek philosophy and his gospel and message was basic and was particularly particularistic about sozo. I want to talk about sozo. That's the Greek word for what? Healing or salvaging. And he was particularistic about how Christ himself 
ministered and gave the power for people to go and know that the ministry of our Lord Jesus Christ in the Christian world of today is not just a matter of preaching the gospel, but PhD ministry. What do I mean by PhD ministry? Proclamation, healing, and deliverance. Proclaiming the gospel, healing, and delivering the people. And that was why, apart from the passage you read for the gospel today, in Luke chapter 10, where Christ was giving them that authority. In Luke chapter 10, He said to them there, The harvest is plentiful, particularly in verse 2. He told them, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Go, I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. Do not take a purse or bag or sandals, and do not greet anyone on the road. Why is he saying this? He was telling them to know that when you are going, there should be no distraction. Focus on the preaching of the gospel. And not only that too, going to preach the gospel does not require that you go with things of the world. You go light so that you not be weighed down by the problems of this life. When you enter a house, he says, the first say, peace to his house, to this house. If a man of peace is there, your peace will rest on him. If not, it will return to you. Stay in the house, eating and drinking whatever they give you, for the worker deserves his wages. Now, he didn't say you should go there and begin to select what you will eat. Go without anything. And whatever they give to you, do what? Eat. Enter the house. What am I trying to say here? The look look is trying to portray here. The way of ministration today in our time is becoming so sophisticated and materialistic. And we must be very careful what the injunction of the Lord Jesus Christ is to us as ministers of God. Stay in that house, eating and drinking whatever they give you. Now it says when you enter, welcome. Then in verse 9, it's where now I'm so fascinated about what Christ told his disciples for quit the church must be involved in. He said, heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God is near you. Heal the sick. Now today in all the churches, if we are very serious in the evening, there should be what we call the healing service. Today should be a day where people should really proclaim this healing service. And this healing service is to be, is to be a service where many sick people will come and they will receive healing. But unfortunately, you find that in the church today, it seems we are relegating healing service to the background. But Jesus Christ, instruction to 70 here, when they were sent out in the surrounding countries, directed them clearly, heal the sick there, and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. And in this case, he made it quite clear that the coming of God's kingdom and the ministry of healing are not separated. What am I saying? That the kingdom of God and what? And healing are not what? Separated. Now if you look at what he also told disciples in Luke chapter 9 verse 1 and 2. In Luke chapter 9 verse 1 and 2. This time it was to 70. But to the 12. He said to them there. Hallelujah. Verse 2. He sent them to preach the kingdom of God. And to what? And to heal. But even from there, from verse 1, he said, He called his twelve disciples together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. And to cure what? Diseases. Now, I want you to understand the importance of the healing ministry of our Lord Jesus Christ as portrayed and as portrayed by this vision's look. 
making it very much clear that healing ministry must be part of this church and nobody should probably um, neglect it at all. Now when I look at all the passages as Luke was portraying it, I found that Luke was very much keen about making it quite clear that Jesus Christ had the power to heal all manner of diseases. One, I looked at the place where he was healing people and I said, what type of disease or sickness can be so difficult for Jesus to heal? Nothing, no sickness can be so difficult for Jesus to heal. Now, if if you look at, for example, now, in Luke chapter 14, there was a man that was suffering from dropsy. Do you have cure of it in medicine? There's no cure of it in medicine. But you can see here, Jesus Christ was able to heal it, which means there is a supernatural power in the spiritual power of Jesus Christ in healing. What medicine cannot cure? The name of Jesus and the power of Jesus can do what? Can heal it. And so that is one of the things I discovered there. And I discovered also that our Lord Jesus Christ was very much keen about talking about so many other things um, which he was trying to uh, uh, make people to understand. And even the people who were suffering from... Um, uh, what is it? Now, he was a great ophthalmologist. When he was telling the person who was suffering from blindness and said, what do you want me to do for you? And who was that person? Who was that person? Huh? Yes. And when he was trying to heal him, what happened? Was the man healed or not healed? What, did he ask to go and use glasses? Huh? Did he recommend any glasses or eye draw for him? What did he talk to tell him? He said, what do you want me to do for you? Say what? That I may... And said what? Your faith has saved you. Begin to see. And the man began to see. I don't know how many of you are suffering from any sort of ophthalmological problem here. Be it glaucoma. Be it whatever. If you have your Bible, may you receive your healing in the name of Jesus. And your glasses will be left behind. Because Jesus Christ heals and does not recommend glasses. A great ophthalmologist he is. He was a very great, uh, will I say, um, a gynecologist. He was a very great gynecologist. The woman, that was, the woman that was suffering from the issue of blood, for how many years? What was she suffering? Humorage. Which today probably may be called, I don't know what I call it, fibroid. When the woman is suffering from this sort of uh, bleeding all the time. For 12 years, the woman was suffering this sickness. And no healing, no medicine was able to stop this healing. But immediately this woman found that Jesus Christ was around and she said, if only I can touch his garments, I will be whole. My brothers and sisters, today we are trying to explicate and trying to encourage that in your healing ministry, please exercise the power of faith. That whatever you are suffering, your faith can save you. This woman has tried every kind of medicine. This woman has tried and was tired of operation. And now, the last result. If only I can touch the hem of his garment, I will be whole. And as she did that, the hemorrhage for 12 years stopped. Hallelujah. I mean, the thing stopped. What did Jesus do? Jesus said, first, I felt some power getting out of me. And he said, I'm, I'm not. Say, who touched me? Luke chapter 8, verse 45. And Jesus said, who touched me? When all denied, Peter and those with him, Master, they much too strong and press you, and you say, who touched me? But Jesus said, somebody touched me, for I perceive power going out of me from, going out from me. Now when the woman saw that she was not hidden, 
she came trembling and falling down before him. She declared to him, in the presence of all the people, they seized the reason. She had touched him and how she was healed immediately. How she was healed immediately. I don't know how many of you are here. By the grace of God, you have been suffering that fibroid problem. That fibroid problem was disappearing in the name of Jesus. I don't know how many of your sister or friends that have been suffering from this problem of fibroid. Just believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. You will receive your healing in the name of Jesus. And he said to her, daughter, be of good cheer. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Hallelujah. Go in peace. Hallelujah. So many of you here, we have to go in peace in the name of Jesus. And when he was doing that, not quite long, another person, a ruler of synagogue also came to him. I wanted to see how Luke was very much showing the power of Jesus in healing here. So that you know that today, whatever is your sickness, it is not going to be difficult for Jesus Christ. He said, your daughter is dead. Do not trouble the teacher. Verse 50 of that chapter 8 of Luke. But when Jesus heard it, he answered him saying, do not be afraid. Hallelujah. Do not be afraid. I don't know whether somebody is lying there in the hospital. And they have declared that there is no way that that person is dying. Do you know that the power of Jesus can still make that person to be alive? But to God, nothing is impossible. Do not be afraid. Only believe and she will be well again. Only believe. And what does he do? And he came into the house. He permitted no one to go in except Peter, James and John. And thereafter, mother and with the girl. Now all wept and mourned for her. But he said, do not weep. My brothers and sisters, today is a day you must, not stop, you must stop weeping. She is not dead, but sleeping. She is not dead, but what? Anybody you see in the hospital, whether you are a nurse and the person is, just trust God that if God wills that person should be alive again, that person will not die. He will only wake up from sleeping in the name of Jesus. And they ridiculed him, knowing, what she, that, knowing that she was dead. That is human beings. But he put them all outside, took her by the hand and called, saying, Little girl, arise. Then her spirit returned. Our Lord Jesus Christ is powerful to resuscitate life. The power of resuscitation is in his life, is in his hand. Doctors may declare that somebody is dead. But when Christ says no, I don't know how many of you have experienced somebody certified dead. And sometimes even when they are taking the person to the mortuary, the person gets up. There are miracles happening. Don't you know? Even some people, because of what they believe, they say, please, don't, don't do, what do you call it, is it, morticians will come and say, don't touch the person yet. I still believe the person will rise. It's faith. But even when the person, the case that happened in Lazarus' case was a very, 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 uh, I think, uh, serious thing. Lazarus was dead for how many days? Huh? And was smelling, you know? The morticians have done, I don't, no, at that time there was no mortician. There was no mortician. Even Abia will cut in wool, me. And he was almost smelling. No hope. Hope was lost. What they were expecting was healing. But what Jesus did was resuscitation. Miriam Mata said, if you are here, if you are here, my brother wouldn't have died. That was what they were saying. But Jesus Christ said, I'm the life and resurrection. If anyone believes in me, isn't it? Even if the person dies, he will live again. Then what did Jesus Christ do? Even when Lazarus was dead, what happened? Come out, Lazarus! Christ is able to resuscitate life. Come out, Lazarus! And Lazarus came to life again. So, it was not difficult for Jesus to do it for this little girl. The Spirit returned to this girl in verse 55 of that chapter 8 of Luke. And she rose immediately. 
And he commanded that she be given something to eat. Hallelujah. And her parents were astonished. But he charged them to tell no one what had happened. My brothers and sisters, what I'm trying to make you understand here is that God in his infinite power, through Matthew, was able to make it clear that even that which you may find difficult to believe or not being true, a physician, a physician was testifying to it. That these things happened. That healing was really real. The blind were meant to see. Somebody's of dropsy was meant to be well. A blind person was meant to see. And somebody, somebody suffering from issue of blood was healed. And a girl who was dead was meant to rise. If Christ did that before and a physician could testify to it, then who are we today? When you are a doctor or when you are a nurse, we disbelieve what God can do in our time. Don't disbelieve because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Only what you need to do is to believe because to God, nothing is impossible. So we give thanks to God that even this same look, what would have, lived so, what would have been so much unbelievable about virgin baths, he still wrote about to say it was possible that Mary became pregnant without the filming of the semen and the egg. That there was no intercourse. But through the power of the Holy Spirit, Mary became pregnant. It's a difficult thing for anybody gynecologically to believe. Luke makes it quite clear here that the birth of Jesus was virgin. It was a virgin birth under the conception of the Holy Spirit. And it was real. And today we are glorifying God. That to God, nothing is impossible. Not only that, he also made it possible that even menopause is not a barrier to what God can do. I don't know how many of you are here think that probably, oh yes, there's nothing like conception. The miracle of God is still the same. Menopause is nothing. Menopause can be a pause. Jesus Christ can turn menopause to be what? To be pause. That was what happened to Elizabeth. Elizabeth was above menopause. No hope for her, for her anymore. But through the power of God, and Luke, a physician, certified that Elizabeth became pregnant even when she was above menopause. Who told you that your time is off here? Who tells you that, yes, mama, nothing again can happen? With God, all things are possible. We are proclaiming that today that the healing power of God, as Luke has projected it, is still possible. Even as a virgin, if God wants to use you for greater things, don't think that it's impossible. All that it matters, you should keep yourself holy. Because God never fails. My brothers and sisters, having said this about Luke, what is Luke saying about the Holy Spirit? For those who are bound to be confirmed, today we are bound to lay hands on you to receive the Holy Spirit. To receive the empowerment to become witnesses for Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord Jesus Christ, before he died, or before he, he, he ascended to heaven, after his death, he promised the disciples that he would not leave them without the Comforter. Hallelujah. So, Jesus Christ said, I will not leave you without the Comforter. And so, he said, I will send to you when the time comes. In Acts chapter, eight verse, chapter 1 verse 8, he says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you become my what? My witnesses. Isn't it? Beginning from Jerusalem, Judea, and to the uttermost parts of the world. That was what Jesus Christ told disciples. And in Acts chapter 2, he fulfilled that promise by sending the power through the dissension of the Holy Spirit like fire on the day of Pentecost. And each of them received that empowerment. And they became emboldened and empowered to begin to, pre to begin to preach the gospel. Look at Peter who was a man of fear. When he received the power 
when he received that dunamis, when he received that exosia, the authority, he went out and said, this same Jesus you crucified, it's the same Jesus Christ I'm talking about today, he died and rose from the dead. And whoever believes in him, therefore, shall be transformed. And they pleaded for Lukutus and said, what then do you want us to do? He said, believe and be baptized. Repent of your sins from this wicked generation. And to the glory of God, 3,000 people were saved. And they went out preaching the gospel. And in Acts chapter 8 verse 14, you saw confirmation service there. When it was said that those who were in Samaria received the gospel, but they have not been confirmed. They have not received the laying of hands, they only been baptized. Peter and John were sent to them. And when they came to Samaria, the Bible said, they prayed for them. And after praying for them, they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Before I forget, open first John chapter 4 verse 1. Follow in. So that you be very careful of the Holy Spirit that you may think you want to receive from somebody. He said you must test all spirits. All of you who are here. Be careful of the spirits that are walking all over the whole place. Speaking in tongues does not make somebody a man of God. Some of them are cosmetic and sarcophatic. What does the Bible say? Now listen to that passage. That's First John chapter 4 verse 1 following. Listen, so I don't, I'm not joking because what I'm saying is, it's a false prophet all over the whole place. Yes. Beloved. Beloved. Do not believe every spirit. Do not believe every spirit. But test the spirit. But test the spirit. Whether they are of God. Whether they are of God. Because, because many false prophets many have, false prophets have gone out are gone out into, into the, world. the world. Oh yes. Are you listening to that? Many false prophets, Panokwea. Test all spirits, not all of them, whether they're of God. Somebody will come to you and tell you, oh, silly, mama, mama, mama. somebody is pursuing you. Who is pursuing you? It's because you don't read your Bible. If you read your Bible and pray every day, nobody is going to pursue you. We get afraid with these people who prophesy a lot of rubbish because you are not rooted in the word of God. Read your Bible every day. Pray every day if you want to grow. Don't you sing it? Read your Bible. Pray every day. Pray every day. Pray every day. Read your Bible. Pray every day if you want to grow. Don't listen to unnecessary prophecies. Because this time we are in... <laughs> It's not the time somebody can be telling positivism somebody. You have to look at where the hand of the clock is going. Isn't it? Now go back to Ephesians chapter 5. You tell you because he's telling you there when you are a child of God and the Spirit of God is calling. Don't become so foolish. Look at verse 15. Start from verse 15. Ephesians chapter 5 from verse 15. What does it say? Let him, let him get it there. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 15 following. Yes. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes, this lady. See but then as you walk as you get confirmed today. Uh -huh. But as wise. Become wise though, so that this false prophets will not deceive you. Redeeming the time because the days Redeeming the time because the time is what? Evil. Therefore, be ye not unwise. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. It is the Bible saying it. Uh -huh. Understanding what the word Understanding what the Lord is saying, not what anybody is saying by unnecessary prophecies. And be not drunk with wine. And be not drunk with wine. We are in excess. Yes. But be filled with the Holy Spirit. Yes. But be but filled. Be filled with the Spirit. That is what God wants us to do. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Yes. Speaking to yourselves in Psalms. Speaking and to yourselves in Psalms and songs. Spiritual songs. Spiritual songs. So not um, not uh, listen, listen, listen. Because so many of you say you are Christians every morning. Now so you only win the because we Bam bam bam. Also, because we are born again. 
singing and making melody. The me heart. melody with what? In your heart to the Lord. That's what. But you should be saying in the morning, early in the morning. That is the spiritual song you say you should be singing. Not when you wake up in the morning, begin to speak songs that will be provocative. The songs you be singing should be singing songs that will be attractive. Telling somebody that you are a child of God indeed. Not a child of God should not be afraid of the enemy. If your hands are clean, your hands are clean. Don't be afraid of anybody. Are you listening to me? So that is that. So let us be very clear to ourselves. The life you are going to begin to live now should be a life of somebody who is not foolish. Every Christian that is confirmed should not be that way. Don't be confused. The Spirit of God, when it guides you, you know how to pray. You know how to read the Bible. You know what next. It will be your paracletos. It will be your, will be your guide. God will bless you. So there's supposed to be a change, a transformation in the life of everyone who becomes a Christian. If you are baptized and confirmed as an Anglican church, people should see something different from you. Because our Bible and what we do is biblical, Bible-based, spiritually led. This is a church where the Holy Spirit controls us. This is a church where we depend on communication with God Almighty. We communicate with God. We say here, confess your sin to Almighty God. Isn't it? And we are led by the Holy Spirit. When you come to the church here, do we ever tell you that, oh, the Holy Spirit says you should bring $10,000. Many people have been ruined by this sort of prophetic sacrifice. Commercialization of the church. Let the Holy Spirit lead you to do what is right. And you'll be strong and sound anywhere you go. People will see that in you. And you'll not be afraid to proclaim yourself as Christ's own person. Let us from this church, thank God for you, you are hearing the message of God in this place. Let us walk as children of light. Paul in his epistle to the Romans in chapter 12, verse 1 and 2 says, Please, I appeal to you, say, present yourself as what? As a living sacrifice, holy and what? acceptable to God. And in verse 3 it says, do not conform to the standard of this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. What God is expecting from us is renewal of our mind, transformation of mind. Buhari can talk about change, 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 change. If there is no change in the renewal of the minds of the politicians, corruption will continue. Let me tell you this. Unless Christ rules our heart and we decide to change from our evil ways, there is nothing like change. Are we sincere? Well, sincere. Let me tell you, each of us shall give account of our stewardship. Each of us shall give account of our stewardship. Also, if you are doing evil, continue. If you are doing good, continue. But listen to me. I'm coming soon. I'm coming to do what? To pay everybody according to their deeds. And Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10 says, he said, Look, let me tell you, he said, each of us shall stand at the judgment seat of God on the last day. To give account of what you have done in body or mind. Each of us shall give account. So, when you are a Christian, behave like a Christian. Today we are talking about walking according to our calling. Behaving according to our calling. That's what the team is saying today. Each of us should walk according to the calling of Christ. To be sober. To be humble. To be clean. I guess somehow they stopped. The type of dresses we are using for weddings. is becoming so concerned. A matter of concern. How can somebody who calls a child of God in church of God, after service, 
Ogosizia onwe azuya even korokoro dey there. Na azu. See in a year fashion. Let us be decent. Let us be decent. In all that we do. We should stop becoming psychophantic and cosmetic Christians. Let your life so shine before men that they may see what? Your good works. And glorify your Father who is uh, in heaven. Finally, Luke is making us understand today that Christ has come to save us. Christ has come to do what? To save us from our sins. And if we repent and follow Jesus, we shall be saved. In his gospels, he made it quite clear. When you're talking about parable of this, parable of that, parable of the widow's offering, parable of the, of, of, of the lost coin, parable of those publicly, the lost sheep, parable of, um, of, 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 shepherd, of, of, of shepherd and their manager, parable of uh, rich man and Lazarus, all what Paul was, I mean, parable of the lost son, parable of the lost coin, parable of the lost sheep, cost of being a disciple, all these things that Luke was saying there. Was talking about every, even the parable of the great banquet. Everything that Pope Luke was saying in his gospel is to teach us that salvation is necessary for everyone who believes. Let us not be lost in the things of this world. We are in the world, but not of the world. Because whether I like it or not, <laughs> one day will be one day. That which you think you hold will no more be. And you'll be left with your God to give account of what you are. For those of you who are doctors, I appeal to you. Have that mind of humility and nurses. The spirit of nightingale was continuing your heart. Nursing was a vocation, not a profession. Nursing was what? It was a vocation, not a not, not and it was done with intrinsic value, not with extrinsic value. Let us do it with absolute humility. The type of word you speak, the type of word you speak to the patients matters a lot. Sometimes nurses today are very arrogant, very insultive. Somebody told me of what the daughter experienced or the son or the wife experienced in the hospital in the hand of a nurse. If you speak well in the hospital to patients, your words of succor, your words of encouragement can be therapeutic before the doctor comes. The environment for which the person who is sick operates can also be very therapeutic before the doctor comes. You see, doctor does what? Doctor what? Doctor do what? Doctor cares. Jesus what? Cures. Uh, but doctors caring, are they caring today? Today we, cure, we call upon you to be caring. Not money minded. So many hospitals today are established in our society. Not seriously for healing, but for commercial purposes. Many of you are now aware of some fake doctors that are being napped. How did that person obtain that medical certificate to be corporate as a doctor when he has not passed through the school of medicine? That part of corruption. Be careful and be certain of which area you specialize. If you're a surgeon, be a good surgeon. If you're a good gynecologist, be a good gynecologist. If you're an ophthalmologist, be a good ophthalmologist. If you're a physician, be a good physician. And sincere with it. If you're a general practitioner, be a general practitioner. If you're also good about those who see about uh, radiology, be a good radiologist. And if you're in the area of pharmacy, be very good in it. So let us be very much clear of where you specialize. And be very much sincere with whatever position you are. Let us use the fear of God in whatever we do. And we shall prosper in the name of Jesus. So we congratulate you that you exist in this chapel as a chapel in a healing center. Let each of you not be afraid to use yourself and your talent to be a healing instrument to anybody. 
The Bible is quite clear that everyone of here has the gift of healing. He says, anyone of you here that is sick, call the elders. Pray, anoint the person with anointing oil. And the person shall be healed. It is happening still. Those of you to be confirmed, want to see a life change in you. Peter and John laid their hands and they received the Holy Spirit. Are you ready to receive it? Are you ready? Is your heart right with God? Have you repented of your sin? Begin to prepare yourself. And the Lord will bless you in Jesus' name. Shall we rise? Let Jesus come into your life as we are talking about healing today. When the devil strikes your heart and strikes your mind, a lot of things happen. Today I ask Almighty Jesus to touch every soul that is here today. Whatever sickness that is really befalling anybody or afflicting you, I want to expunge it out now. Begin to pray. Whatever sickness, right from that point of your heart, let it begin to fly out. Jesus of Nazareth is the same yesterday, today and forever. No matter what it may be, whatever that sickness or affliction is, Jesus is the same. When it touches you, something different will happen. Now open your hands to God. What do you desire from God today? He said, ask you shall receive, seek you shall find, and knock you shall be opened. Our God is here to deliver. Our God is here to grant you your hard desires. Many times you say, Yes, God is still the same resident forever. He blesses those he will bless. And you must cast yourself today as one of those he is going to bless. That this new week must be a week of open doors. The five favor of financial breakthrough shall God be it today. Even in the faith from today. That road that has been blocked must be open. Because he's a God that when he closes, nobody can open it. And when he opens, nobody can close. And this week, that which has been closed must be open. We must be open. Because there were gracious God. Who says, call upon me in the day of trouble, I will deliver you, I will glorify my holy name. I speak to you, child of God. Today is your day. This week is your week. This month must be your month. It will not elude you in the name of Jesus. God will bless you. God will bless you. God will protect you. None of us will die in accident in the name of Jesus. None of us will die in plague crash in the name of Jesus. And all that we lay hands upon shall prosper in the name of Jesus. Our daily bread will not be a problem in the name of Jesus. All that you are asking for, the Lord shall give it to you. That which you have lost shall be restored to you. In the mighty name of Jesus. We pray for your children. As you are opening your hands, begin to pray for your children. Pray for your brother. Pray for your sister. Pray for your family. That whatever they are, let God begin to take care of them. None of them will die. We shall all see the end of this year. This year will not see our end. In the mighty name of Jesus. God will supply their needs. Whatever situation we find ourselves that is so difficult. God says in the time of famine my people shall be satisfied. God will satisfy us. Even when times are hard. He will make a way where there is no way. Enemies will not laugh at us. Or begin to ask where is our God. We have a God who never fails. He will not disappoint us. 
He will never disappoint you. That which you seek shall become permanent in your sight in the name of Jesus. The Lord will not disappoint you. Your children will leave. Your brother will leave. Your sister will leave. Your husband will leave. Your wife will leave. In the name of Jesus. As we approach the end of this month, many good things shall come to us. Blessings shall come to us in the name of Jesus. Anywhere we go, by traveling or by walking, God will protect us. God will protect us. God will defend us. Anyone going to block our movement, God will push them away in the name of Jesus. That which the Lord has established that you will be in life, nobody can stop it in the name of Jesus. That which has been of sorrow to you shall be turned to happiness in the name of Jesus. Lord, we pray that you will turn our failure to success. Success all the way shall be apportioned in the name of Jesus. We pray for all the ministers of God, beginning with the primate, Nicholas, all the archbishops, bishops, men of God, evangelists, and those who go out to spread the gospel, that your anointing power will not depart from us in the name of Jesus. Bless us, O Lord, to continue to speak with boldness to preach the gospel that we turn the hearts of people. Father, bless your people in this chapel and in this hospital at the Kiri. Lord, make them to be strong and healthy always in the name of Jesus. We commit to you, O God, all those who are sick in our hospitals. Lord, stretch out your hand and begin to heal them in the name of Jesus. We pray for all those who are working as doctors and nurses as we dedicate them today. Some of them are here, some of them are not here. Lord, wherever they are, Lord, use them mightily as instruments of healing in the name of Jesus. Father, we don't want casualty. We don't want calamity in our hospitals. We want healing. We don't want death. Lord, we pray that as they continue to be treating them, they will receive their healing in the name of Jesus. Even some of them who are cancerous, Lord, touch them. A lot of them who are out of way, Lord, you can still do your miracle. Lord, touch everyone who is sick. That your healing hand will be upon them in the name of Jesus. Bless this service. Particularly those to be confirmed. Let your Holy Spirit come upon them. Transform their lives. Transform their lives in the name of Jesus. And those of us who have been confirmed before, may we not be confused in the name of Jesus. May we not be carried away by unnecessary prophecies and unnecessary evil spirits. Let us learn how to pray and how to read the Bible. And trust in you that with you all things are possible. Father, lead us with your Holy Spirit and guide us always in the name of Jesus. And at the end of this time, we go home rejoicing with abundant blessing. For we pray in Jesus' name. For we pray in Jesus' name. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives. And we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Children of God, shout hallelujah. Children of God, shout hallelujah. Children of God, shout! Do something for Jesus. Do something for Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you.